2: Hello and welcome to the No Name Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith and joining me this week are James, Natalie and Kevin to go over yet another home win for Burnley. 1-0 victors against Southampton at Turf Moor on Saturday. An eighth home win of the season in the league, would you believe it? Burnley into the top half of the table as a result. Uh, Natalie, similar to the cup game last weekend, in a way it wasn't much of an event, but the points are what counts.
3: Yeah of course they are I think we we've talked a lot this season um, about how it doesn't really matter how you win it's the points on the board that, that make a difference at the end um I'm not entirely sure that I'm I don't really think that I'm in the the club of people saying that it was a, a non event or it was a particularly dull game um it was. with about I don't see I don't think it was I really enjoyed <laughs> it I thought it was you quite mean, entertaining. It was quite dull I'm not right. <laughs> Honestly, Bully Boy is ganging up Kev- on me already. Kevin's
2: getting massively <laughs> carried away, by the way. We'll come to it at the end of the podcast, but he won on the predictions game. So that I know. explains See, why Kevin's is... all cocky this week. You
1: think it so? is. It's it's Math- my, my opinion is mathematically the best. <laughs> After so. one
3: game. Small sample <laughs> oh, size. God. It is. Well, I thought it was quite an entertaining game, and I was thinking at the time, it felt to me with about 70, 75 minutes gone, that it was heading for um, a nil-nil. But I remember thinking at the time that actually... It, that didn't tell the story. It wasn't a particularly boring nil-nil game. I enjoyed it, but it was made even better by the fact that we managed to do a win.
2: Yeah, it, it seemed destined to be a nil-nil to me. It looked like it was just drifting towards that sort of conclusion. Um, but James, like a lot of games, this season, Burnley have been solid and difficult to beat. And when you've got someone like Joey Barton to put on, there's always a chance that you're going to get something go your way.
4: Yeah, I thought. You know, we we made some decent substitutions there. I don't think Sam Vokes and, and Joey Barton are, are too bad players. after so coming off your bench uh, when you're looking for a goal later right on, and I, I think the stage was just sort of set for Joey, wasn't it? All right. you yeah, know the way so
2: we got that free kick, it felt like something was going to happen.
4: Yeah, just like you know the whole obviously way he left, sort of trying to go out on a high, I think, and you know the way obviously all the fans felt like, a bit disappointed that he'd gone and. The build-up to him coming back, um, I think it just all worked out that he was meant to do something special in his his first league appearance, and you know to do it at the turf as well, it must have been pretty special for him. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll put it down, but um, you know to have the fans chanting your name as soon as you come on, he obviously got a great reception, um, and then I think it was like his third touch of the ball to to put it in the bottom corner. Um, I don't think he. Probably even expected to, to have such a, a good comeback. Yeah, I think
2: Dash said that you couldn't write the script. You probably could, given some of the films that get made these days. But uh, as as far as an impact from from Barton goes Kevin to come on and score the goal, uh, it might have taken a bit of a deflection, but he scored a couple of free kicks for us, so probably going to give him the credit for it.
1: Yeah, me and James have been having a little bit of uh, a discussion about this just now. <laughs> I think it takes it does take. I, I, I think well, it I, maybe it, takes I, a nick. I'm not ever going to say I think because that would be that would us some doubt about and it. And obviously it your tick. opinion is correct. It is. Uh, my my opinion is worth three times as much as James as of the league table. So um,
2: an infinite um, times more than mine. well was absolutely yeah. nothing.
1: Um but yeah, I, I think it does take a very, very, very slightest of deflections, but it doesn't really change the, co- the, the course of the ball. Uh, it's going in regardless, and it's a it's a fantastic hit. And I think if you watch Forster, he he almost he, well, he doesn't he, he moves every so slightly as the ball's hit to his his right hand side, expecting Joey to to float the ball over um, into the into the top corner, which really caught him unawares when it goes through the wall and into the bottom corner, which. Um, it, Forster is a big, is a you know is a big guy. He's quite a big, you know, big goalkeeper. And he, he was never going to be able to recover and get down in time to to stop that. And I think um, Hendrick had uh, sorry Barton said up. magic he told Hendrick to go and disrupt the wall a little bit. And there's just, there's just that perfect gap between which uh, Joy is able to, to to get the ball through. is fantastic. And yeah, what 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 a return for him. You know, it's a whirlwind uh, whirlwind few months. You know, he um, left us like like you said. He left us in on a high in the summer. Um, of you know, it was obviously quite disappointed. We were all a bit disappointed he'd left, and you know, we wanted him to play with us, but we we're disappointed he left. Um, who would have thought that a few months later we'd be coming on and scoring the winner on his Burnley Premier League debut? Um, absolutely fantastic!
2: It is crazy, isn't it? Like you just when he left, there's no way you could have predicted that this was going to happen. Um, Natalie, it must have just been fantastic to see Joey back in a Burnley shirt and making a match-winning impact straight away. It's- we said oh, it, it was about pissed. the cup game last week, but it's just like he's never been away, really.
3: It really is, honestly. It it felt like he'd never been away. He slotted straight in like he'd just had a seamless. Um, year with us I guess, it was really really good to see and I think it really lifted the crowd to see him come back on, there was um, quite a little bit of adrenaline when he was um, getting his um, you know, getting ready to come onto the pitch and it was really really good and we were all laughing really when, when the free kick was given and he was lining up to take it, we were all around us all, we were saying like oh Joy's going to score, he's going to score and to be honest there was a little bit of you that thought yeah he's going to score obviously but most of it was a little bit tongue in cheek but when it actually went in, that honestly Everybody just lifted. It was such a good atmosphere, and it just it felt like a really, really important goal. And what I've been impressed with this season is not just their ability, this team of being able to take the points from home, especially against the sides around them who they need to, but actually finding ways of winning games when they haven't been particularly effective. And that was one of those games today. And it's just it's very nice that our squad has got as as strong as it has done and you know Defoe goes off and he can bring uh, Joey Barton who just finds that goal and and manages to to win us the game so it it just feels like we've taken a massive step forward at the moment and it actually feels like Number one, we are going to stay in this league. I cannot see us. It's going to have to take something catastrophic for us to get relegated from this position, I think, now. I think um, I think it's definitely in the bottom, possibly even just the bottom five now, if not four. Um, they're starting to break away now from those that are in sort of 15th, 16th, 17th. So for us to go down from here would be pretty, uh, something that have to go pretty wrong there. But it just feels like not only are we we're starting to survive, but we're actually starting to become a proper Premier League side now. And it's very exciting to see.
2: Yeah, I think it it makes a massive difference when you've got someone like Barton who can come on and you know that there's not going to be that massive drop-off in quality that we've seen sometimes with the substitutions we've made. Um, Okay, Tarkovsky's done fine when he's played, but it's a massive difference bringing on Barton in midfield and bringing on Tarkovsky in midfield. Um, we talked a lot about Barton already, James, but the impact of Tom Heaton can't be understated in this game. He made a lot of saves and two at the end. Without those saves, we wouldn't have won the game. Sensational goalkeeping right at the end to preserve the clean sheet and ensure that we got another three points.
4: Yeah, I think um, you know a lot of the saves prior to that have been pretty routine as well for him. I don't think he would have been, you know, too worried about a lot of the lot of the efforts that came sort of straight at him, and he just had to concentrate really and, and do what he does every game. But to then still be so sharp late in the game when you know they had two really good chances. Um, and, and he made two great saves I think that just shows you know how good a keeper is and how lucky we are that, that we have him um, you know Forster for them, he, he's normally no slouch but you'd say maybe he'd want Barton's free kick back you know, when it came down to it for his team, he, he wasn't as reliable as Heaton was for us
2: Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about uh, Forster v Heaton over the last year, 18 months hasn't there with Heaton being in the England squad and Forster was established as number two for a while but on today's evidence, Heaton's a, the better goalkeeper. it will be interesting to see if that's reflected in um, England squads moving forward, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I for, thought uh, Forster looked uh, quite nervy throughout. throughout. Especially um, from
2: crosses, he didn't look comfortable under the high ball at all, did he?
1: No, no, absolutely. Um, you know, there was a couple of times he fumbled it. There was one where. He uh, he caught it. I and mean, pretty much dropped it. I think it was a was it at Barnes's feet? It was someone's feet anyway. I mean, I think um, you had. Uh, I think it was in the second half. Um, oh, it might have been the first. It was one, it was one of the two. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, it was um, definitely in one of the halves. <laughs> yeah, um, but we had a free kick from way way out, which I, I think uh, did Stephen DeFore had it hit it, had a shot, and I, I'm not sure. Usually, we'd have shot from there. It was very far out, and it would have taken a spectacular. Uh, Effort to beat the goalkeeper, but I think we we probably thought you know looking at him, he's, feel, he's, he's looking a bit nervous, particularly at these balls coming in from distance. Let's just uh, give it a go and whacking at him, and, and obviously it worked. I mean, obviously we scored from a free, free kick as, as well. And yeah, he looked he looked nervous uh, throughout, and there was a couple of times we fumbled it. And on, on the other hand, Tom Heaton. Uh, on two or three occasions, pulled off some fantastic saves, not least right at the end when we made that, that magnificent uh, double save when he, he went down and made a decent save, but then immediately got up and made an even better save uh, when he was already on the floor. So, uh, if you're if you, judging it on this game, yeah, Tom Heaton was, was head and shoulders above um, his, his peer there.
2: Yeah, the saves at the end, the first one was from Rodriguez as well, wasn't it? So, it probably felt like it was written that Jay was going to come on and score. He's first game back at the turf since he'd left. He'd not been in the team. I'm sure he was desperate to score. Uh, desperate to play, desperate to score. So, came on, it felt like he might have a defining impact on the game and it just proved not to be that way. We've seen a couple of times this season that Heaton's pawned the ball back out into the danger zone, which we used to slag Lee Grant off all the time for. But he pawned it just safe enough that he had time to recover. It was really, really good goalkeeping. Especially in such a high-pressure Case where it's the last minute of the game and your team are in front. Um, Natalie, to go back to the start of the game, a bit of a surprise in the team selection, with Arfield and Gudmundsson not available, Dash had been talking up Hendrick as a possible wide option, but it was DeFore filling in on the left wing. How do you think he got on?
3: Um, I think he did okay. I mean, let's be honest here, it's not his natural position, and I certainly don't think he was as effective out there than he is in the middle. Um, there were a couple of spells where he looked a little bit uncomfortable, um, and I think he had to um, run a lot more than he has to in, in the centre of midfield as well. Saying that, given that he's been asked to fill in a role out of position to fill in for um, a problem area due to injuries, he was very professional in his. Approach. I thought he did um, a good enough job, but you know, realistically, it was nothing more than a patch-up job. To be honest, it was a bit of a um, a aid But he did great. You know, he's he's a he's a really good player, and I think there's been some question marks over his um, mental commitment to Burnley at the moment and how he's feeling about the club. And I think today, to be asked by his manager just to fill in a position that he doesn't feel particularly comfortable playing and to put in as good a performance, well, certainly as good as he could have done in that position, I think shows that. Perhaps a lot of this talk is just um, a bit of paper talk, really. And I think all is probably well in, in Stephen Defoe's world.
1: I'm not sure that, he, that it was it was that successfully on the wing, I thought. But he, he you know, Stephen Defoe is always going to have, he's, he's always going to be a class player. He's always going to have some, that touch of class. He's going to have very silk, you know, really good with his feet. One on one, he had, had a couple of good occasions when he had a really nice, really nice touches to one on one, knocked it past a few players. Um, but on the whole, I thought he looked really uncomfortable in the wing. He looked like he didn't know what to do there. Um, he was always, it's almost like he, he was trying to run in the wrong directions. And, um, and I, I think it really affected our shape as well. We, we we just, I don't think we created anything down that side. It's just not the way that, <laughs> that we uh, are. <laughs> everyone's
2: talking please excuse <laughs> kevin's background noise whatever
1: that is <laughs>
2: i think a cat's being murdered
1: um yeah and um yeah i, I just think on, on the touches he had here and there were, were quite smart but on the the effect that him playing out wide on our overall game and our overall shape i think was quite probably almost net negative um and i i wonder if it was you know sean dash been talking about, up, Hendricks' versatility and the fact that he can he can play um, wide if he needs to and I just wonder if the fact that DeFore played out wide it's just another indication that Sean Dyche doesn't quite fancy him in that 4-4-2 uh, in a two-man two uh, two-man in the middle um, I, I, I'm i really struggling to see why else he would be out wide I, I think from what I've seen of the two players, Hendrick would have been a bit, a bit more naturally in that position. But um, at the end of the day, we've we've got a win, so I, Sean Dash probably knows better than me. So it worked. Well, what's Sean Dash, what Sean
2: Dash's record on the predictions game? That's the important thing, <laughs> surely.
3: <laughs> That's true. Um, I think I, I I agree with most of what you said there, Kevin. I think I, I wonder whether one of the the biggest factors in in deciding to put Defoe on the wing was he obviously really likes um, Hendrick and Marnie playing together in that real central role. So he just wanted to um, disrupt as little as the, of the squad as he possibly could do. Um, so, you know, I think if you then put Hendrik on the wing, you're just breaking up two different positions rather than just one. I think also,
2: like, I agree with what Kev said, but you could look at it another way and suggest that because it was Defoe he asked to play the, the position that's not his natural area it it shows trust in Defoe that he was the one he asked to do something a bit different and I thought that was really interesting when I've questioned whether Dash has really got that faith and trust in in Defoe I wonder if he's won him over a bit in the last few weeks because I was a bit when when they lined up I was like Defoe's on the left that doesn't sound right but the problem for me was the lack of width, which we've seen time and time again, really. This I think it kind of made sense, though, James, because you think Defoe's got the quality on the ball. If we can get him on the ball, he's going to get good balls into the box. It didn't quite work out that way.
4: Yeah, I think I've seen this a little bit different to, uh, to everyone else. I don't know if it was maybe maybe my viewpoint, but I thought he had some good moments. Um, you know, his class on the ball really shines through. I think that's why he was asked to, to play out of position rather than Hendrick. You know, just the I think we saw it at one point in the, the second half, he you know, he beat his man um pretty pretty well, I think once or twice and then, you know, he, he well, unfortunately on that occasion let himself down with a you know, a bit of a substandard ball for for, for him at least. But I think he's kinda of like um you know, Robbie Blake was where he, he didn't actually need pace to beat a man. I think it was more, you know, his his touch, his class. That, that allows him to maybe mislead the defender and uh, get into position to put balls in the box. As um, I, I still feel he's much better in the middle, where you know he can pull the strings a bit more. But I think as uh, you know, a one-game standing goes, it, it wasn't the worst experiment. You know, he he obviously made it forced forced her into a save at one point, and um, really he probably kicking himself a bit after that because if he'd elevated it, you never know he might have gone in, and uh, Joey's goal might have been the Arsenal, on the cake rather than uh, such a crucial winner
2: so it's a, a bit of a difficult day for our forwards I felt Kevin Graham and Bond struggled to get in the game a bit Van Dyke's obviously one of the best defenders in the league our defenders were on top at the other end as well it just felt to me like it was going to be one of those where it's either something a bit brilliant or a mistake makes the difference in the end and that's probably what happened with Barton free kick
1: yeah, I sent a message. To you. I think we we both sent messages to each other. uh you remember second half saying it had nil nil written all over it? Yeah, it felt um, absolutely certain to be nil nil. It did. Yeah, I can't remember I can't, until the goal. I can't remember any any time really when there was anything like a goal threatened or anything kind of really like that. Um, and yeah, like I said, Van Dyke in their, their defence was just was was on top. It was really controlling um, um, Barnes and Gray. And similarly, at our end we were we were our defense on top, and the, the game was really just throughout the midfield. I'd love to see a heat map of where the ball was because I think it'd be a big red in the middle. of the <laughs> It would be, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think that that's that's almost against what we tend to do really well in. Actually, we we we're, we're a very patient side. Uh, we we've, we've seen so often. In fact, our, our game is pretty much built around just being not doing much for a long time and then just waiting waiting for the opportunity for something to happen that allows us to then break through um, and get that goal. And that's... It's its almost happened more last season than it did this season, bizarrely. But that, I think it was almost like a, a typical Burnley win uh, under Sean Dyche that we... Spent a lot of the game getting quite bored almost, thinking you know, there's not a lot happening here, looking at the clock, thinking almost, can it be over yet? Uh, and then go, go and get that, that win towards the end. So it was, it was fantastic um, with that respect. I don't think the rest of the match was particularly special to watch, but um, yeah, we, we got the win, which is the, m- the most important thing.
2: You look at the league table now, James, we're up to 10th in the league. It's extraordinary that all our points, apart from one, have come at home. Like,
4: you st- you start to wonder a bit, if we could get results away from
2: home, what this team would be capable
4: of. Yes, yeah, so I was talking with uh, Ian Thomas More actually, and he said, you know, it's very possible to stay up in the, in this league with, without winning away, and I think if you look at the way, obviously, we're going so far, it, it's definitely the case. I think what is key, though, is that we need to not get a sort of downturn in home form, which is what happened in that first Premier League season under, um, who's manager? Owen oh, Coyle. Our home our home form sort of dipped when, uh, well, in the month and a half before he left. And I think we just never recovered from that. Obviously, we were riding on the confidence of uh, picking up points at home. And it was making up for the fact we weren't doing so well away. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I'd still like to see, obviously, it was start picking a bit more up away from home. Um, Arsenal, awesome, of course, will be tough. But, you know, there's some really winnable away games coming up. We're in the, You know, Watford, you've got to feel that we could get something there. And we've got all you know, the bottom
2: teams to play away from home,
4: right Yeah, now. and I think it only takes one win just to make sure that confidence stays right up. And if we can play the way we do at home, keep that up right till the end of the season, and I think actually we'll end up being quite comfortable. And we'll look back at you know the way some of uh, some of the fans were talking in August about you know the transfer dealings we'd done and feeling that like we'd come and made the same mistake again and we weren't prepared. And I think we'll maybe feel like we're being a little bit bit naive and a bit you know quick to judge because I think a key thing is that Darsh seems to have learned you know a hell of a lot since the last time in the Premier League yeah, definitely I think we're nowhere near as naive as we were um, and it's just so key now that you know he's, he seems to be focusing on the home form he's focused on things that you know we didn't do so well last time and we just consistently picking up points and I think if we can keep it ticking over and it's not a case of you know Losing a game here and there at home, you know, as long as we can avoid like, back-to-back home defeats, I think the players will continue to believe in themselves. And uh, you know, and talking about confidence, by the way, I just want to mention about like, Andre Gray today. That run where he went on, where you know, there's a, an amazing last ditch tackle by the uh, Southampton defender, but you could just see how confident he was. You know, early in the season, there's no way Gray picks the ball up on the edge of the centre circle in his own half and tries to take on three defenders and, and go it alone I thought that just showed you know the confidence he's got at the moment and if we can keep everyone that confident then I think we'll stay up quite comfortably
2: Yeah I think um, not even complacency the, the only issue now it's, we talked about the, the run of away games we've got coming up in the spring, that's going to be a bit of a challenge but the momentum we've got at home I think Leicester are next at home aren't we, you'd expect us to win that the way we're going now so that will take us to 29 points it's almost safe like 35
4: probably going to mean enough yeah no, normally this season. yeah I think normally you'd say 40 wouldn't you but this season 40 to be absolutely
2: certain but the teams are the bottom, there's no way they're going to get anywhere near 40
4: I think in this season you'd less and you, know, you look at what happened to Swansea today I mean their players we're talking about confidence their players will have none uh, and, you know, maybe we could pick up uh, You know, a few of their players in the summer you know, they've got some decent players in the squad, so hopefully they can keep getting the confidence knocked and we can pick up some balling.
1: Yeah, let's let's not get uh, too carried away, though. <laughs> just just on the relegation thing, I I think, I, I read a step earlier, that only two clubs uh, in Premier League history have gone down after having uh, 26 points at this stage of the season. Um, so that's obviously a very good sign for us.
2: Yeah, well, right, as Natalie says, it, it'd be something ridiculous for us to go We'll be 10th in the league in the middle of January. Like... Right? If if we get relegated from there, then something's gone badly wrong. Um, we'll move on from the game now. I don't think there's any more specific. We can always come back to it if we need to. Um, but let's go back to Natalie for this week's Tweet of the Week. Birda birda, birda birda. Birda birda, birda birda.
3: Tweet of a week, tweet of a week, tweet of a week. Uh. Indeed. (laughs) My God. Thank you for that, boys. Just as we were coming to Tweet of the Week, we had a nice little karaoke session on a Saturday night recording for you of Tweet of the Week. We should do that live one week. That would be fun. No. Um, This week's Tweet of the Week comes from Matty Ormerod, who tweets a glass kind of half full analysis of today's game, and he says to us, 10 points above relegation... Or four points off Europe. Absolutely, Matt. And thank you very much for that. That won our tweet of the week.
2: I think we should all be making sure that our passports are up to date. Yes. Just in case.
3: (laughs) European adventure would be awesome.
2: That would be awesome. Um, We weren't going to plug the Kickstarter on this week's podcast because it might expire before the podcast goes live. But incredibly, Kevin, while we've been recording, we've just hit our top goal, £1,000. I can't quite believe it. It,
1: yes, it sounds very... like
2: we just made it up, doesn't it? Like we just hit a thousand pounds just now, but it's literally just what happened.
1: It is, it's very exciting. I tweeted uh, just as we started doing the podcast, uh, recording the podcast, saying we, we, uh, I think we were about twenty pound off at that point. So saying, can we, can you help us um, reach our thousand pound goal live on air? And this second, it has just happened, which is very, very exciting. Um, which we consider we we initially wanted to raise a uh, hundred pounds to keep a podcast going for, a few, for the next few months we've now raised 10 times that which is amazing and to do it live on air is, is fantastic so thank you to uh, everyone who's helped to do that
2: yeah absolutely i can tell you for, for sure that we're all a bit overwhelmed like there was a lot of talk when we were talking about setting this up that what if people don't donate like we might just be embarrassed and it's going to be humiliating because we don't want to raise think, any money and it's beyond anything worse. anyone
1: could have expected in Adam's words in our little and never chat thing, he said it, it could fail spectacularly and very publicly, which yeah. would be very embarrassing. It <laughs> yeah,
4: could have yeah. been a nil-poir no moment.
2: <laughs> it could have been, just like realize that everyone actually hates us. But yeah, can't thank everyone enough. I've got the, the next list of names for people who've pledged uh, to get a mention on the podcast. So thanks to Phil Wilcock, Yvonne Wilkinson, Tom Wormsley. Elliot Horner, Matthew who goes by just one name like Cher or Madonna, Simon Greenwood, (laughs) (laughs) Nathaniel Gilman, Rob Thomas, Paul Holt, Paul Kay and Andy Pollard. We'll have more thank yous on the podcast moving forward. We're also going to have some guests that have paid for the privilege of joining us on the podcast. Various things are going to be going on on the podcast moving forward thanks to everyone who's pledged. So the Kickstarter I think will run for a few more hours but it's Everyone can stop pledging now. We've done a thousand pounds, which is amazing, Natalie. Can you believe it?
3: I'm honestly just completely overwhelmed by the whole thing, like you say, and it's it's such a humbling thing that people have have supported us and and wanted us to carry on this little adventure that that we keep doing. Um, I've got to admit, this is full disclosure to all of our listeners. When the idea was first floated to try and get some um, fan support, I was one. I think I was the same with Adam. I said, I think I said, there's no way. There's no way that that listeners are going to donate. We're not going to be able to. I know. (laughs) I was, I was, I shared the same thing. I was so worried that People just wouldn't support us, and we just looked really daft, like live on um, everything. So, thank you so much, everybody. It's honestly, it's massively humbling, and we are so excited now to see what we can do and and what twenty seventeen is going to hold for the podcast. I can't wait.
2: Yeah, so stickers will be in the post and all that fun stuff. It means that podcasts are going to be out on Sundays now. Hopefully, moving forward, most weekends we'll try and get them out on Sundays wherever possible. It's also going to be a special episode like the LGBT one we did a few weeks ago now, we're going to do a live event before the end of the season, try and get that in somewhere, we're also going to interview a club legend, uh, we've got some ideas for that one already, and lastly the £1,000 goal means that we can partner with a local charity, we've got some ideas for that one as well, but if you want to suggest a particular charity that's close to you, please do so, we want to to share this with as many charities as possible and do as much good as we can, so once again a massive thank you for everyone who's pledged to our Kickstarter and the best bit is we don't have to go on about it every week now so that's oh great moving forward then Burnley at the Turf again on Tuesday night Sunderland the Visitors FA Cup replay Um, James I think most of us didn't want this game but when you're winning games the momentum is is always good and it's another opportunity to get a win at home and book a place in the next round where we've got a really winnable game
4: yeah I, I just really 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 hope we win it in normal time and and don't drag it out longer than we've already dragged it out because I think it's it, the last the, the first the first attempt was dreary awful um, maybe the least inspiring game of football we've been involved in so far this season. It's and, been, this uh, has been a real buzzkill after the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But that's I think that sums up the FA Cup for us so far this season, though, doesn't it?
2: Surely, um, surely we are so comfortable in the league. We can have a real crack at the cup, though.
4: Yeah, no, I I don't think you know we can get through to the next round. And, uh, you know, the, the next round draw is not particularly troubling one for us. I think if it had been a side that maybe we want to put, a, you know, a, a significantly stronger team up against, you'd be thinking maybe it's not worth it. But, you know, we may as well just keep going with it as long as we're, you know, getting a, a decent draw. Um you know, anything's a bonus, I think, isn't it, in the FA Cup. The the league's obviously num- priority number one. But if we can go as far as we can in the Cup, then that'll be a nice little, uh, a nice little extra for the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not like we need the money either with um, being one of the top ten profitable clubs in Europe or whatever it was that came out this week. But every little helps and a few quid might add to Dash's January kitty as well. You never know. Um, Kevin, we such a, a tricky game in the league at the weekend, Arsenal away, no one expects us to get anything there. Does that mean that we can have a bit more focus on the cup this week?
1: Um, i I, I it's difficult, trying to talk up think... the FA Cup. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I don't know stuff
2: about the FA Cup.
1: Not well, <laughs> I, I, don't think, I, I don't think we're going to look at the, the game and say, oh look, we're playing Arsenal so we can take this yeah. uh, a bit more seriously. But on the flip hand, on the flip side, if we were if we were playing, let's say we had like you know Middlesbrough at home or you know a winnable game at home uh, in our next game, in in that scenario we might take the cup less seriously if that makes sense. So I don't think it's particularly that we're going to take it more seriously because Arsenal's coming up, but it's we're going to take it that we might have taken it less seriously. That makes total sense in my head probably makes I no s- sense what's coming I out of my mouth i you explained
2: it really badly but i get what you mean
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah um so I, I i can't i mean in terms of a team selection i think it would be, probably be quite similar to what we um what we played in the in the, the initial leg um maybe a couple of different people swapping out maybe um yeah. maybe me plays instead of um keen uh, a couple of things yeah. like that but, you wouldn't um, expect
2: to uh, false to play would you not freeze played like
1: of seven no. minutes today so on the whole, it's going to be three or four changes, but nothing wholesale. Um, and yeah, I think you'd certainly even even with a few changes, like you'd expect us to to be able to come away with a win and come into a very winnable game in the next in the next match. So I said I said last week that I think we can go on. I want us to go on and, and try to win the cup, and hopefully that's what we what we'll do.
2: Yeah, um, Natalie, you've got to be excited about the cup, right? It's something different, someone at home. We battered them last time. Andre Gray must be licking his lips.
3: You'd think so, wouldn't you? Pappy I am Gilla really Bodke excited. Back to the
2: turf. I know, be like they'll, they'll be... in a bunker. So like <laughs> playing in a I don't know blind sort of Definitely,
3: they will. Something. No, I'm. I'm really excited about the cup. I've said this for a couple of, of weeks now on on the podcast. I'm. I really want a cup run, and I think it feels to me like Deitch is taking this. Seriously, this year, I think last season... I mean, he always he always says the right things in the media, doesn't he? But it felt last season that um, when we played... We got through to the fourth round, didn't we, last year? It was in Arsenal we played in Middlesbrough. Um, we It felt like it was sort of... Like it wasn't as important as the league because at the time we played last season we were struggling a little bit in the league, we'd just been thumped at, um, away at Hull on Boxing Day and it was the start of our thirty uh, 33 game, that's impressive 23 game unbeaten running the league to, to take us to the title and it did last season feel like the Cup was was sort of like the second option, we weren't going to go for that um, the way we are. This season given how well we are placed in the league and how well the season has started. It feels to me that Dyche is very genuine in his approach to the Cup and does want to see us go um, a little bit further. He seems to be paying attention to it. He seems to be concentrating on it. He seems to be playing quite a strong side whilst giving fringe players um, an opportunity to get their place in the side. And I really wanted to go all the way. Like. Why wouldn't we want to go and win the Cup? Can you imagine this season if we finished um, above the relegation zone, maintained our Premier League position and went to Wembley and lifted the FA Cup? That's something that I don't think a lot of us ever thought we would see is Burnley win the FA Cup. And why not this year? We're we're a Premier League side. We're a good Premier League side. The one that's going to survive, potentially, dare I say it, in just under the top half of the table. Um, So why not? Let's go for it. I'm really looking forward to choosing that. I think we'll... And plus as well... One thought this probably just jumped into my head at the same time if we even if it is the cup if Sunderland have to come to turf more again and they get yet another thump in even if it is only in the cup that will have a negative impact on them going into the league. And then when we have to play them again um, in the league, it, will, it, just, it just knocks their confidence that somebody who's deemed to be their relegation rivals in the Premier League is absolutely hammering them um, away from home. So I think we should really consider that. It's, it's not a championship side, it's a relegation rival. So we need to do as much as we can to really like turn that screw and, and to really you know, send them away with really knocking confidence.
2: Yeah, I think that was true. I mean, they got turned over at home by past start today, didn't they? So, they're probably a bit fragile off the back of that anyway. Uh, the weekend game, though, James, Arsenal away, we're all waiting for an away win. The chance of us getting one at, at the Emirates on Sunday must be uh, quite remote. <laughs> I'd say it's slim. Um, <laughs> slim to none,
4: I would say. But, it should be a decent game to watch. Because, this, I think this has been the most frustrating thing about us away this season. It's obviously West Ham, on the podcast before, we were talking about how West Ham was like the best opportunity we were going to get in the first half of the season to break our uh, duck away from home. And we didn't play particularly well. Then we went to Spurs on the Sunday and we played fantastically against arguably one of the best teams in the league. We just seemed to step our game up when the chances of us winning are... The slimmest, um, so I think we'll you know we'll put up a really good fight, and I don't think we will be easy to beat for Arsenal. But ultimately, I think we'll get outclassed, and that's okay because I think that's what you expect when you go to these big sides. You know, you go to Arsenal, you go to Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, Man City. You expect them to put you off the park because you know the amount of money they've spent compared to the amount of money we can even dream of spending is you know in a different world. And um, I think. Burnley fans have been reasonably good sort of with those sort of games of uh, being realistic and not sort of getting carried away with any you know defeats against those sort of teams because you know they are tough teams to play and you know look what we did at Man United I think that's probably one of the best achievements of our season to you know put up such a staunch defence against uh, a side that were really going for the win and you know to come away with our what turns out to be our only away point so far um, against a big team was fantastic
2: it's it's a bit of a freebie I suppose isn't it I mean so few people expect us to get anything and, and I don't want to sound like it's it's just like a bit of a holiday for us Natalie but it's these days out at the the big clubs, a lovely new stadium and watching some of the best players in, in the league if not the world it's why you try to get promoted isn't it to, to have these experiences
3: Yeah it really is um, I I don't think we've necessarily enjoyed that as much as we thought we were going to in the last two um, promotion seasons. We, I think we were a little bit um, maybe starstruck the first season and the second season it didn't feel obviously as starstruck because we'd would we been there before. But it, we gave them a good thing, game in the Cup last yeah, season. Yeah, we well, did. We? we definitely did. And it looked like we were ready to come back to the Premier League last season. It felt like it was a turning point last year. I guess where I'm coming from with these sides is... Um, In previous seasons, I haven't enjoyed the Premier League in the sense that you do go to these games, you're having to scrap for every single ball, you inevitably get beaten quite heavily. You're not often very competitive in games. And I think that makes it quite a depressing season in football. You know, you have a little bit of banter when you get promoted, even before this season where you kind of go, yay, we've been promoted. Oh God, it's going to be an absolute grind again for an entire season. This season has felt different. We have been competitive in games. We have stayed in games. We have had some real moments, especially at home, that we've really enjoyed now, because of that, I'm appreciating more this season than I have in any other season, just the quality of some of the players that we're getting to see. And it's really, really enjoyable um, because you're not just getting completely turned over. You are competing with those players, but it's entertaining football. And it's one of the best leagues in the world for that. Um, the Emirates is a great ground. It's one that I've enjoyed going to um since the Arsenal moved there. Um And I think... I think with the way we played against City and against Spurs, um, I don't think we will um, be completely turned off. Well, we might do, but let's let's assume we don't. Let's assume we put up in a put up a good fight. Then we've got the potential to go away on Sunday with no fear, nothing to lose, because we're not expected to get any points. So why not just go and enjoy it and just play our football the way we want to play it and just have a go at it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It should be a really good day. I'm looking forward to it. I've already seen us lose twice in London this season, so not expecting it to be anything more than a third defeat. But cleverly booked a first class train to come back north, so always got that to look forward to. If we get him beat like 5 6 0 in the second half, that'd be good. (laughs) I've been quite wise with that. (laughs) Moving on from these games, then Kevin, we launched the Predictions League last week. Let's get out of the way. Who's winning? What happened?
1: Well it's, uh, it's it, it'll be a no surprise. Well first of all I'm very, I'm very unhappy because we've not got a, nobody sent us a jingle.
2: Someone suggested uh, an idea for a jingle but it was not um suitable. Paul emailed and wanted us to sing a jingle as a forfeit which is a no. no.
1: Yeah, I, I want a jingle so someone send me a jingle. <laughs> um I'm going to strike until I get a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the serious the serious business which is, this is very very serious of a none never. Predictions League. The rest of his podcast talking about the Premier League that's just been that's just been the warm-up act <laughs> to me. Be...
2: <laughs> Half an hour talking about real football. No one cares <laughs> about
1: that. Yeah. Um, it'll come of absolutely no surprise to anybody that after the inaugural week of the uh, Northern no, Ireland no, Predictions League, lying at the top of the table unopposed is me. With uh, a <laughs> I correctly unopposed. Pre- <laughs>
3: <laughs> whose idea was it to give Kevin this feature? This is going to Yeah, bite. whose idea was it to give Kevin? this feature. Hey, listen. Yeah, so that
1: might I, be, I'm, I'm just... in a super 6 league at work. Last season I finished bottom below somebody who only did half of the weeks. <laughs> and I'm am and I'm, buffed, I'm, I'm bottom again this season. So I'm going to take any just glory I can get. It's
2: one weekend. It's one weekend.
1: Yeah, night. um I correctly predicted a 1-0 win against Southampton which puts me top of the table with 3 points. Natalie and James also predicted win. James said 3-2, Natalie said 2-1, but Jamie... Need, we don't need to go through the rest of the table. Unsurprisingly, yeah. Jamie was completely <laughs> and utterly wrong. <laughs>
3: Just he, pointless, Smith. Completely yeah. pointless. <laughs> he thought, we, he thought we'd only get a, uh, a draw. Fairness, if, if Tom Beaton
2: had been worse at goalkeeping, I would have been right. So, thanks hot Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for saving yeah. those goals, Tom. <laughs>
3: Smith, that's not going to do your profile any favours if you're going to go out on air saying that you wanted us yeah, to concede two points. So, you could win your <laughs> so
2: moving on, we're doing predictions for the cup game on the Arsenal game, right? So two in one. Yes. Kev's made a spreadsheet and everything, so um, the number crunching is all done. It's into. a very
1: exciting spreadsheet, I and mean, if I can, if I can get it to work, we'll put it in the show notes so you can have a look at it really? and see my, my fantastic... Uh, this is what
2: £1,000 gets you. It gets you access to a spreadsheet. <laughs> the new and improved non Ever podcast. <laughs> Kevin, we'll start with you then. You're the leader, so you can go first. Um someone Sunderland- Sunderland- S- Arsenal, we'll do them all in one go.
1: Okay, Sunderland in the cup. Um, I'm going to use my magnificent prediction skills and go for, <laughs> and go for a, a two a two nil victory against Sunderland. Arsenal, way. I'd love to I'd love to go for a win. I'm going to go for a I'm going to go for a two, the opposite. I'm going to go for a two nil defeat against Arsenal. I'm i am love really to go sorry. for a win, but I'm not going to go for
2: a win. So that's two nil and two nil from Kevin. Natalie, you can go next.
3: I think that the cup game against Sunderland is going to be 3-0, win. And I think that Arsenal away is going to be 1-1. I know. Negative. I've had, no, it's Saturday like not night recording. surprise, rec- is it? No, it, it's Saturday <laughs> night recording. I've had a couple of beers. I think that's probably what's going on there. <laughs> James.
4: I, th- I think we'll get a goal. We'll make it tough for Arsenal. I think we'll lose 2-1. And someone in the cup? Uh, someone in the cup. I think we'll uh, we'll cruise to a, a 2 0 victory.
2: That's fine. You can, you can give the same prediction as Natalie. That's just. Uh, you just can't get more points than Natalie. That's fine. Uh,
4: well, I, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to pick a. Look what happened to you? Pick a prediction for the sake of. Uh, Alright. Not me the I'm but... bad at
2: predictions. <laughs> I think and let's be get honest, it.
1: Jimmy. You guys, it doesn't matter because I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to storm this league anyway. So you guys are just you're just popping me up early. So right,
2: let's just cancel the feature then, shall we? Cancel the feature. Forget about the forfeits. Forget <laughs> about the jingle. Just put it in the bin. We'll come up with something new. No.
1: Yeah, let's let's, let's entertain it for a while.
2: Let's entertain it for a while. Okay then, I'm going to go for a, a nice three-one loss at Arsenal, um, and I'm going to go goal crazy in the cup. A three-two win to Burnley. Um, so that's my predictions. That's it for this week's podcast then. Thanks as ever to Rick who provides our artwork, Adam who edits the podcast. You can always get in touch with us. Our email address is podcast at nornay dot net. You can also tweet us at no net. But that's it for this week's show, thanks to James, Natalie and Kevin who've joined me. I've been Jamie Smith. This has been the Known Never Podcast. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to the Noe Never Net. That's not the name. That's not the name.
1: That's not the name. <laughs> Great start, guys.
2: Hello <laughs> oh, and welcome to the non Name dead. <laughs> oh, for
3: God's sake. Six and
2: a half. What about Graham Barnes? They were both quite quiet, I thought. Sixers? Who? Graham Barnes.
3: Graham <laughs> Barnes. I thought you said oh, Graham, Graham Barnes.
2: Graham Barnes? <laughs> <laughs> How are you signing? How much attention were you paying?
3: Actually, that's not a bad point. We should do a Facebook live next time we're all at an away game through the, the thingy. The what's it through called? Through the thingy. Yeah. The, through the Facebook thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: even know
3: what it's called. Facebook. It called? No, it's no. called Facebook.
4: It is. Facebook? A... the
3: live thing. I'm... No, no, no never. That's
4: the thing. Oh god. Oh,
3: <laughs> To, to be fair, you might want to think about re-recording that ending because it wasn't your usual ending. So you might just want to do your usual ending again. That's
4: harsh. So All
3: right. Yeah. Was that was brutal. I... Oh, sorry, Jamie, but you're a
4: bad version of yourself tonight. Oh, I did. I meant
3: it in this. <laughs> he didn't say his usual script. It was a good ending, but it I really don't like any one of so you. you just I don't know why do this every week. Away
0: days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why UnitedHealthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.